Kyo and this is Scoreline Extra. If you missed any of our sporting coverage or interviews over the weekend, fret not, this podcast has you sorted. On this week's edition of Scoreline Extra, you can listen back to interviews with Brian O'Reilly of the Carlow District League, where he talks through that nail-biting contest between Slaney Rovers and New Oak Boys. You'll also hear from PL Curran, who spoke to Shane about the Odlam Cup 2022. There was lots to talk about on the GAA front. We caught up with former Aero Oak manager Joe Murphy and Mooncoin manager Willie Coogan. We also spoke to Ollie Brennan of Collection FC after he was awarded the UEFA C coaching diploma. Aero Oak's under 20 winning manager also caught up with Scoreline to reflect on a fantastic year for the club. First up is Brian O'Reilly of Carlow District League who spoke to Shane about the KCLR Carlow Shield final that took place in Ballyballon this morning. Talking about things getting to finish, it was the final of the KCLR Shield. We've been exposing the virtues of it over the past while and how tremendous it was getting to play it. At the start, it was a kind of, uh, before the league started, it was a Champions League style format. So many games, but we finally have our winner. We do indeed. New Oak boys this morning in a game, I suppose, worthy of the competition that it was. Um, even though if you were in Ballin at 10 o'clock this morning, Shane, you would have thought twice about whether you're going to go out and play soccer. But it turned out to be a gorgeous morning once the horrible rain cleared. And uh, New Oak won the game 3-1, a goal in injury time in the second half, finishing it off. Um, and in truth, they deserved it. Uh, they were the best team on the day, on top from the start. But Slaney Rovers never gave up. And just as you talked, New Oak made it 2-0, it was game over. Slaney scored within 90 seconds, a brilliant header from a corner to make it a very intriguing last 15 minutes. But unfortunately for Slaney, they just couldn't create enough chances. Especially, I seen that New Oak took the lead so early on, which is uh, generally it can, depending on the type of mentality that you have in the team, it could be a killer blow, but it looked like Slaney Rovers battled throughout. Indeed, yes. New York dominated the opening exchanges um, and just couldn't just couldn't find the net. Uh, Burger Harmon in the Slaney Rovers goal put in a fantastic performance. He made two really good saves from Dean Kelly in the first half. Um, and Slaney went in at half-time, kind of happy it was nil all, but unfortunately we were only 90 seconds into the second half when man of the match from New York, uh, Dossie O'Shea, popped up with a header and he went down there to marshal the defence and, and Slaney just found their chances slim and none. And then New York scored the, the next goal to go 2 0 up um, from Lee Murphy. Again, another good header from the substitute. Um, and, and then that was it, really. Slaney tried and battled, but they just couldn't create enough chances. New York was just too strong in the middle of the park. Uh, Slaney are coming off the, the semi final victory. Uh, it was 4 0 over Parkville, so they're not one to not create chances. And uh, New York then, obviously, a very tough game with Cretty Yard. A lot of people would have picked them for the final, but they met in the semi final when we did the draw here. So some cracking games all throughout. New York also beating Collection along the way with Slaney Rovers defeating Hanover Harps. Yeah, and, and Slaney came out of it. I mentioned in my speech when I was presenting the trophy. Slaney came out of that really tough group. So remember, we had one group of six, but everyone else was in a group of five. We won tough group with three premier teams and our that and Marinda. So Slaney and Furnace them to come out of the group they came out of was a fantastic achievement and then some great results like the local derby semi-final against Parkville stood out as a fantastic result and likewise with New York they did very well to come out of a group with Vale and Parkville and same thing then came up against Credit Yard in what I suppose everyone would have been hoping would be the final and the semi-final. So I think it's been a great competition there's appetite there potentially to keep it going now as a, as a pre-season tournament uh, next season and, and running on and it was nice to get a final over with 
um, early in the year, the first trophy presented, and I think it gives everyone a bit of appetite now for the, for the rest of the season. And uh, speaking of the remainder of the season, me and Robbie were talking about it. It's probably been nearly two years since uh, uh, some grassroots football leagues got to actually finish and uh, go to completion, obviously curtailed by the pandemic. You're a good few games in now in the Nationalist Premier Division. Slaney Rovers currently occupying fourth position after eight games with 12 points. But New Oak Boys, six games and 16 points. Cretty are five games. They're down in seventh, but they're on 10 points. So there's a lot still to play for if indeed uh, we are able to continue to play. Yeah, please God. A couple of, good, couple of big games coming up next again to, to, to get the league restarted. Um, we're going very strong there. Up until two weeks ago, they've had two poor results. Parkful going really strong um, in second place as well. A big surprise there too. So hopefully we have fixtures done for next night. Uh, full round of Premier League fixtures. Division 1, Division 2 and the under-17, under-19 are back next Saturday the 8th. So hopefully we can keep going. As you say, it's been a while. We looked at the Shield this morning when we were presenting it and we noticed the 2021 or 2020 winner on the Shield. It was blank for the last two years, which is unfortunate. But that was the times that we were in. So hopefully we can finish out all these competitions because one thing's for sure it's going to be a really exciting three divisions for us and 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 the under seventeen and, and the, for that matter there's only four rounds left in the under seventeen league and there's three teams there Burn Celtic Hanover Harps and Collection can all win that under seventeen league they all have destiny in their own hands they all have to play each other and whichever one of them can win their last four matches would happen to win the league. Is there any then worry about this? Uh, obviously, there's worry about the pandemic, but uh, have you been given any indication that maybe games can't go ahead? Me being involved in the Kilkenny District League, the fixtures went up on Monday, and then we received an email uh, the next day to state that the games won't be going ahead due to uh, a lot of COVID within a lot of camps. So uh, what is uh, the kind of CDL's stance on that if, if a team does have COVID? Are, are they risking forfeiting a, a game, or, or what's the stance there? No, so our, our policy at the start of the season was we, we, we continue as normal. So what we've done now is we've, we've come up with a policy whereby the club um, has five positive cases and they can send me as secretary uh, a copy of the five text messages from the HSE of the five players who tested positive. Then we will postpone their game. But we can only follow the return to play protocol from the FAI uh, and at the moment all indications are we, we, we keep going. So hopefully that's that's the way it's going to be, and hopefully we're not going to lose too many fixtures. For luck, because of the weather, Shane, we're actually up for the course. We're well ahead. Like we, we've been at halfway in all our leagues by Christmas. We've still got January, February, March, April, May to go. Uh, and indeed, the under seventeen, and the under nineteen league. If, if we were to get it back on the eighth, it would be over by this by the fifth of February, which would be three months early. So we're we're, we're in a really good position. We got so lucky with the weather in. in September, October, November, December. I think I'm involved with the league doing fixtures for the last seven years. It's the first time we've ever had no blanket call-offs uh, from September to Christmas. And we actually got to play every single weekend. Brilliant, yeah, because I can see even in the Tully's Travel Division, uh, all teams have eight games played. It's very tight up at the top there with Ardatton Athletic and Vale Wanderers, both sitting on 21 points each, so very competitive. It'll be hugely disappointed, as it has been for the past two years, if you know the word gets passed down that the, it mightn't get to go ahead or there's going to be a suspension of play with the rising of cases. It is always a worry for people that are involved in sports and so heavily kind of invest themselves with, within sports. But uh, it's been amazing to see what certain clubs have been able to accomplish as well, though during the pandemic a lot of clubs within Carlo have seen the FAI club mark yes we had we had we had five clubs now receiving the FAI club mark 
We've also had to build a new development. Um, that, that, that KCLR final this morning on, on Burn Celtics Astro was a little showpiece for them to show off their new stunning facility. And everybody that was in present in attendance, Oaks, Laney, and Neutral, were all commenting. Uh, in fact, I was talking to a gentleman there who was videoing the game for Slaney Rovers, and he said, driving to the game, he thought it was going to be called off. He didn't realise there was a new Astro over there, and he couldn't believe the facility. So we've been really looking in the last couple of years at the facilities, as well as the club mark and everything else. Um, and the clubs have been doing the paperwork behind the scenes. Uh, and as you say, that Division 1 is so strong, and Division 2 is the same. St. Joseph's, who had a good run, a really good run in the Shield, and the Premier sides winning that bottom division. But again, there's three teams within three points. Now. So please, God, Shane, everything will go ahead as normal. We won't lose too many weeks, we hope we'll lose any at all. And we have three really, really good divisions finishing out here in March and April, and some exciting times ahead for Cara Soccer. And uh, after the scoreline.ie Women's Shield was playing, is there any games lined up? We know that uh, New Park are still in the LFA Women's Cup, um, but is there any other games uh, lined up for the ladies within the league? Is the coffee? Yes, we have. Yeah, we have the ladies' league. The coffee ladies' women's league is kicking off on Sunday the fifteenth. Uh, we gave them one more week, so we have the same um, five clubs that were in the scoreline.ie Shield, and their Wanderers have also come on board. So we've got six teams in the league that are playing to on a home and away basis for January, February, March and April um, and we're looking forward to that kicking off because that final was so exciting that night throw credit yard into the mix who had a couple of good results and it should be an exciting league kicking off on the 15th of January and as you say New Park the following weekend the 23rd are into the last 16 of the Ladies LFA Cup which is fantastic and we also have New York Collection into the last 32 of the men's LFA on the weekend of the 23rd of January so some really exciting times ahead for Men's football, women's football and youth football in Carlo with some really exciting divisions to be played out over the next three months. Sounds brilliant. Uh, we're absolutely delighted to be able to uh, sponsor the two cups and long may all the football in Carlo and of course in Kilkenny uh, continue. Congratulations to New Park. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be back out again soon as those fixtures are released. Yes, um, on the 15th of January for the ladies and on the 8th of January for the men, and those fixtures will be out in the Nationalist on, on this Tuesday, and the ladies' fixtures will be out the following Tuesday uh, for the first round of the league. Hopefully all six teams will be out on the opening day of the season. There'll be three matches, and we'll have an exciting uh, launch to the ladies' Coffee Ladies League. And that was a brilliant finish there from New Oak. Next up, we had PL Curran on Odlum Cup 2022. Uh, we didn't go ahead at a normal time, which was usually the first Sunday in January. We, we, we did run it in October, so we haven't broken the sequence since 1945 of the Cup being run every year. And um, But on, on Sunday, it, it's in the famous Chinrylan course, which is in great shape, and great work there done by Dennis Shannon, getting it ready for next Sunday. But uh, the, the men's race, which started at 1 o'clock, and... Four-time defending champion James McAsey will be going for his fifth title and we don't see anyone really there to oppose him, even though in the field we have a number of winners who have won it in the past uh, uh, and Brian Carwin is in the field there um, and Tommy Payne. There were people who took titles in, in, in the recent in past, but also in, in good form and, and been second on in, in the last few years. Trevor Cochran had a great run in October in second place. John Cunhan 
was a previous second, and Colin, Colin Payne and Eamon Murphy. But um, another lad to look out for who was third last year was a newcomer, was, was a guy called um, Tom Nolan from Tin Ireland who was finished third in the race. It's a very difficult race, and um, it, it, um, it's been going since 1945, but the first winner being Johnny Jones. And we also have there on the day, Ollie Jones is also there to present the Jones Cup to the individual winner. But having said that, the ladies' race was a very interesting race as well last year. And it looks like the same this year with Brown McDonald going for three titles. And she'll be contested there by Sinead Tansy, who won the novice this year. And also Breed Long and the Doyle sisters will be there as well for, for, for the title. But in all, it's going to be a great uh, turnout. And of course, the battle for the team will be between the two main rivals, St. Lawrence O'Toole's and uh, Tin Island, but also teams from Ballon and Bagginstown competing as well. But um, they're neck and neck now on, on team titles, but it looks like Tin Island will have the upper edge this time. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Jay Mackesy there. Um, he missed yep. the one that uh, Brian Kerwin ended up winning back in 2020. And exactly. uh, uh, So you're imagining Jay Mackesy could come away with it, but what kind of time is he looking to, to, to be hitting well, if he's going to come away with the Adlam Cup? Well, James, James Mackesy, he, he won it in October, so he would have won the 2021. But in, 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 uh, in, uh, it's very hard to judge on times in cross-country, you know, and we don't, we don't go into times at all because it's... Uh, of course, it's different, and and even we're expecting that the under underfoot conditions are going to be very soft on on um, on Sunday. But at the same time, Tin Ryan is a great viewing course for anyone who wants to go out and view it because the runners are in sight all the time. And I can see on the poster, you can see the history going away, as you, as you mentioned, going since the 40s, just a tremendous uh, competition to be able to do. Uh, what what does this mean for all the clubs? Is It's a hotly contested one, or it's not seen as a bit of fun? It's it's something that people really want to win. Oh, it's very, it's, it's like, a, it's like the famous cups in the world, like you have the, the cup for the All-Ireland and the cup, uh, we, we, we consider the Autumn Cup as being one of the big, Features of the year, and so it was a great start to the year. But the, the the good thing about it is that we have the history of it put together since '45, when the cup was presented by Adlam himself. Um, they were the, they were the flower mills, and he was down from St Mullins at the time. But at the same time, uh, we have the first, second, and third put together the um, the names of the winning team, the venues, and where where it was held. And we're hoping, and we are. We're in the, have enough material now together to put a book together and we hope to walk around throughout this year and, and get off the ground for next year. That sounds exciting. Uh, we, COVID, we, we, COVID held us up a bit on, on doing the book this year, you know. I, I was just about to ask as well, because we, we talked to Perry Williams, who's the PRO of Kilkenny Athletics, quite a bit here on uh, Scoreline, and she gives us a rundown on what happens in, say, the Kilkenny infrastructure across country and, and different forms of athletics. From a Carlo athletic point of view, how, how has everything been going? And in, in, in terms of, I was going to mention COVID, obviously it curtailed Odlum Cup last year, and uh, the book has kind of somewhat been postponed, wouldn't say cancelled, postponed, but how have you been able to uh, come back from that and have the clubs come back almost stronger because we know that they got to return uh, earlier than say team sports yeah, the, the clubs have come back strong and but they're also being very careful you know and and uh, if there's, uh, we have a, a system in place that if anyone shows symptoms um, people are acting very responsible themselves anyway and they have symptoms 
most of them will ring up and say, look, I, I, I can't come in tonight or I can't do this or I can't train. But uh, they're acting very responsible themselves, which is a great thing, you know. Um, but, but look, we got back to normality a fair bit and we hope that the coming year is going to be the same, that uh, there's not going to be a huge spike. Uh, if anyone asked me how we cartel on Sunday, I said to them, we're not going to lay in any more than 5,000 people. Next up, we spoke to Moon Coin manager Willie Coogan ahead of his side's clash with Shamrocks of Offaly in next weekend's Leinster final. I should look at it's a combination of them all, really. I suppose it's new territory for a lot of these boys. Like so, thankfully, I suppose myself and Jimmy have been with our respective clubs have been been the other side of Christmas with with, with really big days to look forward to in, in our own playing days. Like so, hopefully now. That bit of experience might be able to bring, it, bring the lads forward too, so hopefully we get the right result now when we go after on Saturday. And it's been quite some time since your last game. How have preparations been going for the, the final coming up? Because it comes straight after the Christmas break, of course, which means there's been an extended break between the semi-final that took place, I think it was December 11th, against Tara Rocks and now the final. Would you be worried that there may be a bit of rust or might be a bit of Christmas weight amongst your players? Uh, not not Christmas weight anyway, not so much, no, they're, they're, they're good that way, but definitely a bit of rust, all right, yeah, look at it, was, we're after, we had a very busy run from the first league game in, in Kilkenny to, to the Tower Rocks game, and, you know, I suppose you're, you're kind of balancing the, the Christmas period with maybe freshening them up a small bit, and at the same time not losing fitness as well, so look at whether we found the right balance or not, I suppose, the acid test of that will be on Saturday, but you, you, you can't, I suppose you can't train through at Christmas, I don't think either, like, you, you need guys to just switch off for a little while and, and, and come back and, and come back and maybe freshness nearly makes up for fitness at some stage this time of the year you know certainly and with, with that kind of Christmas break in mind and then preparing for the magnitude of, of, of what the game uh, of what the game represents does anything change in training now from your perspective or have you had to come at it from a different approach considering it is a final after a break uh, not so much, no. Look at it. Like, I suppose the boys, the boys are after preparing for a county final already. So uh, I suppose that that was the one that really carried an awful lot of weight on the back of the, the, junior, the junior A team having winning their championship as well. So um, there's not probably as, as much weight going into this one. So uh, I suppose it's more uh, an opportunity rather than a uh, weight of expectation on them now. So they're, they're looking forward to it. And I, I don't think any um, any nerves will come into it in terms of uh, what, what what the future may hold if if we do you know go go ahead and win it or anything like it. And anyone we ever speak to says anything after a county championship win is always a bonus. But just looking back on the semi-final, you scored five sixteen on your way to victory. How impressed were you with the performance? Uh, there was there was those elements of that performance that were absolutely top class. You know, we we, we got some really really good scores. Got very little from from freeze either. You know, a lot of, a lot of our scores are from play. Now that said, I suppose we still have to go to extra time, so it, it, it's a sign that we obviously conceded a bit more than we would like to, uh, on the day as well. So. Um, look, at, I suppose in terms of uh, preparation for Leinster, Leinster final, going to extra time in the semi-final and having a little bit of a break after to freshen up, you know, it'll definitely like that. That Tara Rocks game, it really, you know, the boys had to go to the well there a few times uh, and and dig it out. And to be fair, they showed great character to to get the right result in in normal time after leading by eight points and, and you know and, and going into the last minute or two of of extra time a point down, you know, being able to work the score that bought us the extra time and to be fair, they, they kicked on in extra time and, and got some really, really excellent scores late in the game and when limbs and, and, and heads were tired, they made some very, very good decisions on the ball, you know, to create those scores. So, now we're delighted from that front, all right. And what's been, like, happening out in Moonkind because we've seen it on the Camogie perspective as well what a tremendous weekend it was we heard one of our favourite moments of last year was the, the the interview with Marianne Walsh after the winning the county final just what has it meant 
I suppose, for the whole parish. Uh, and how have you been able to come up with this new level? Look, I suppose, like like any team that that wins, it's it's not it's not an overnight success or anything like that. Like, there's a huge amount of work after going under, underage uh, into the boys and girls in Moonkind. Like, and you know, all the people that have put that work in, you know, they're reaping the rewards now. But as I said, yeah, it's not an overnight success or anything like it. And I suppose the, the lads and the girls that that, that achieved it this year, one probably inspired the other in a lot of ways. And you know, the, the footballers early in the year got to the county final, and then the junior A lads got to the county final and won it. And, uh, just I suppose success breeds success as well, and when 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 a team is is winning, it's it, it's easy to keep it rolling. You know, it's it's it, 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 it establishing a winning culture is the hardest part, really. Uh, Shamrocks edged out Maynooth by a point. It was two nine to two eight in the in the other semi final. How much of a challenge do you think that they're going to pose to you? And have you been able to kind of uh, look at them and see tactically where where they'll be coming from, or do you even really yeah, get to do that much? Course, in? They're, they're, you, you don't get to too much over over Christmas or whatever. Like, but at the same time. Yeah, look at two two eight to two nine on the day that we we, we played against Tara Rocks, we, we we would have felt that you know the conditions were quite good that day. Um, now that said, you know the, the, none of their games that they, they've won or lost have have been very massive scores. They're they're, they're a very competitive side all all over the field, a very very even, well balanced team. Um, not necessarily over starlights, but every one of them went able to hurl and, uh, and typical awfully, you know they they leave everything on the field when they come to the field. Um, they look they look from what we've seen of them and what we we've read about them, like you know they're. They're probably unlucky in the county final. I'd say they they lost their centre forward before it and, and and lost their full back during it. Like so, to be only beaten by a point in those set of circumstances would you know would, would be testament to the fact that they're they're fairly capable a capable side. How important do you think home advantage is going to come into it? The game obviously been played in in UPMC Nolan Park. You've played there a bit now yourself at this stage. So how do you, important do you think that will factor into the result on the end of the day? Um, look, I suppose venues. By, by their nature, they, they can they can suit teams or, or don't suit teams. But uh, I suppose we know Nolan Park from being in, in, in there a few times this year and having success in there. Um, I, I know it's been used to Jarmax, but I, I wouldn't say they'll be using that as an excuse when they come down. Just like we wouldn't if we were going to Tullamore either. Like you know, at the end of the day, there's the two sets of goals and, and there's lines in the field, and, and, and when you go in there, it's what matters and what you do when you're in, in inside those lines will matter. Like and whether whether it's in Kilkenny or whether it's in Wexford or whether whatever it is above Westmead when we went up there, like. You know, we wouldn't going to use that as an excuse, or wouldn't you know? I don't, I don't think they would either when it comes to it. Because we've seen it, like say with with Ballyhale Shamrocks and going up against Clock Ballacolla and being able to play in Crow Park and then utilising the the full size of that pitch. That sometimes it does, uh, of course, play a factor in it. Um, just reflecting on maybe the year so far, I think was it you only lost to Wine Gap in the league final and pretty much winning every other game, if I'm not mistaken. Now it could be could be wrong, but how enjoyable? No, you're, you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. how enjoyable has it been to see everything come together and culminate in this Leinster final and then potentially more? I look at sure any any time that you get into win and roll, you, you want it to keep going forever, like you know, and that's the nature of it. But um no, it's it's fantastic to be looking forward to Leinster final on, on the back of some really, really good performances as well as wins, you know, like while while you know, winning is obviously very important, it's a results business when you when you get to the championship side of it. Um the game against Wine Gap as well, looking back on it, it, it was a game that probably came too soon for us in terms of where we were after the league phase of our group games and you know, we 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 Quite a number of guys that we had injury concerns over, and and with the championship being the week after, we felt that and, and a number of our guys that were on the junior eighteen that won the championship hadn't had much game time, so it kind of coincided with that. We would kind of give everybody uh, as good a good, good a blowout as possible, and, and as a result of that, I suppose that was a really really good game. The first half of that game was an excellent game. Only two points in at half time. Now they, they overran us in, in, in the second half, but there was learnings taken from that as well. And it was some guys put their hands up 
again, that day that, that I have, have since you know took hold of a jersey and uh, and are driving it on as a result of that. Like so, I suppose that game served its purpose as well. But um, I suppose it was it was a week away from the first round of the championship, so we probably felt that. We we needed to you know kind of balance the workload from a number of players with with one eye on possibly going deep into the championship, like which we did eventually. Um, but at, at, at the same time, you know we, we've utilised the panel quite well throughout our games, and we've gone to extra time twice where we've used maybe six seven players off the off the line, and and, and it's great to have players of the calibre that are coming in and, and you know making a difference. Some we do need them as well. So look, we 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 don't every game we we look at it on its merits, but at the same time we're kind of looking at it with the bigger picture in mind as well. At the same time, we're the lads are carrying knocks or or bangs or, or that into it, you know. So look, our panel is is strong, so we're making use of it every day we go as best we can. Anyway. Speaking of knocks, uh, would you be carrying any injury concerns ahead of the final? Um, we lost Paul Henry there at centre back um, above Westmead, and I, I don't think he'll make it. He's he's, he's doubtful there now. Um, other than that, we have a couple of bangs and, and bruises just from you know lads going out and training. But other, I, I, I would be fairly confident that we'll have a, a fairly full deck to pick to, to, to pick from now coming next Saturday. And you'll probably give me a very diplomatic answer and say that you're not looking past uh, this final, but looking ahead maybe to intermediate next season. Do you have any goals already set in place, or are you going to say the diplomatic thing and say we're not looking past Saturday? Well, look, I suppose, like anything, we're, we're, we're still involved in the competition and uh, until we're, we're out of the competition, we won't be looking into next year. You know, then all, all our eyes are on, on, on Saturday and, and trying to get the result that, that we want out of it. And please God, if we do, we'll, we'll have another two weeks to look forward to, uh, I think it's against the, the, the Salt and Nakara, if, if we do win. Like, so the, everything will be finished by February. There's plenty of time between February and, and, and next August or September when, when the real hurdle will start to intermediate to be, to, you know, to be setting goals and that. But I suppose it will be on the back of you know, a very, very good season last year we'll be, we'll be, with the age profile of the team that we have. We will be aspiring to, to be competitive and intermediate next year, all right? Well, all our eyes and ears will be on the game uh, next week against Shamrocks. We're looking forward to it here. We wish you nothing but the best. We'll be shouting you on. I know that we have to remain neutral somewhat, but sure, because we're from Kilkenny as well, and Carlo, of course, will be shouting on the Kilkenny team in the final. Best of luck anyway next Saturday, will you? Good man. Thanks very much. And that is sure to be an exciting clash there in Nolan Park next Saturday. Staying with GAA, we spoke to Aero Oaks under-20 winning manager Joe Murphy. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a really good win in fairness. Um, I think, look, like none of us none of us really foresaw that happen. Like We played Tom Moore three weeks previous to that game and um, they, gave us, they gave us a fair beat. No, they're the best by 10 points, you know, and I think it probably... Gave us a bit of an incentive, like it provided a platform for us. Everybody learned a lot from it. I think maybe it was the occasion. I don't know, but Tom already didn't do themselves justice. Like they are a very, very good, good side, you know. And they're, they're a promising group of young lads. And I'd imagine an awful lot of people in Clonmore will be thinking that they will be, you know, the backbone of a team that'll hopefully get them back to intermediate now in the next year or two, you know. Yeah, it just if people didn't hear the result, it was nine nine to two points. Uh, nine goals is an incredible tally. Was that something that you spoke about as a team, just to go for the goals when they're when they're on rather than taking your points? I suppose we had um, we had we have we have a very good inside line. You know, we've uh, lads like you know Adam McCarran there, Ben Crotty, Ron and Quinlan, Anto Keaton. You've all these lads, I suppose, who are potent forwards and. We just kind of felt in the first 20 minutes there was a bit of space in there. We were kind of, um, we had the option maybe to go for it. Like, we kind of tell them to, to play what they see in front of them, you know, and if it's on, it's on, we go for it. 
But um, you know, we kind of we got a couple of favourable decisions early on, and, and we kind of maybe the bounce for ball. Um, like I think we got three penalties on the night, you know. Um, but it wasn't like they're they're just an awful lot of them are just very very potent forwards, and when they get that opportunity, they're they're ruthless enough, you know. And uh, would I probably a silly question, but would you classify that now as your best performance of the championship? Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, look, I, I was just talking to myself and um, Cork Mullins and Sean Gannon. There, we were the management team, and and we were just talking about the last couple of days, and like you know, it's hard to think of a of a more complete performance. You kind of, as a coach, you look for that. I suppose the whole thing, don't you, to have sixty minutes of football where you don't really, you don't give up a quarter, you don't even give up a five or ten minutes spell, and they really did that. You know, like even in the second half, we went down to. We got two black cards. Like we went down to fourteen for the majority of the second half, um, and they still, you know, still kept going, still kept doing the basics, still sticking to the game plan. I was, it was really was a total performance. In fairness, yeah. And I know Cormac very well, and I can attest to the fact that he's a very clinical goal scorer, and albeit in a in soccer circumstances, as uh, we played with <laughs> Castle Warren Celtic for years together. But uh, oh, you, mentioned, you, you mentioned you uh, mentioned Sean Gannon there, um, you know, former Carlo or Carlo footballer. Like, how important has he been to yourself and the whole backroom team? Ah, like Sean brings a wealth of experience. You know what I mean? And he, um, like, I suppose we've 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 played, I've played football with him for you know the best part of. 14, 15 years, like, you know, and um, as I suppose the, the game's manager there in Carlo, like, you know, he's an awful lot of experience from a coaching point of view. Um, yeah, it's just, like, in fairness, I suppose the three of us worked very, very well together, like, you know, I, I myself and Cormac have been involved with the minors the last two years, and um, we've, we've taken together and we've won uh, minors the last two years, and, you know, we just, when, when Sean came in, we just, the three of us worked very well together, we kind of think around the same things, whatever, one of us maybe you know, lacks in the other one make up for that, you know, so we just kind of complemented each, each other fairly well, but yeah, as you said, sure, like, you know, captain for Carlo for years, captain there, Oak for, you know, four in a row championships, you know, he's, he's just one of those leaders, you know, he, he kind of, um, he, he, he drives, he drives people on and motivates them, you know. We were talking to Joe Murphy there earlier, and uh, you mentioned the four in a row, and this way I'm probably bringing it up, but, you know, has that really kind of, it obviously must have because you've seen the intermediate win as well this year. Like it's that winning culture, winning mentality is obviously trickling down to to the new generation. Yeah, I suppose um, it's it's a cliche that winning is a habit and things, you know. I suppose, but really, in fairness to Joe, he's, he's created, um, he's brought in a culture really into the club there in the last while, you know, where even say the likes of um, myself, Cormac, Sean, there's, and there's numerous others, like you know, just on top of my head. You can think of Paul McGilligan, uh, Darrell O'Brien, Chris Blake, all these, Cahill Kelly, James Root, all involved in underage football as coaches. And, you know, it's a big difference, I suppose, for, for us to be able to bring whatever experience we have and that culture, and we kind of, we bring it down to that level. And then I suppose it's, you know, I suppose you see it in, in, um, in soccer clubs, you know, where they have a, they, they have a, a style or whatever, they have a kind of a culture, and it go, it's all the way through the youth teams, the reserve teams, all the way. And I suppose that's kind of the way we try to run it in the club, really, you know. And um, it does trickle down, definitely. And that intermediate win was, was massive, you know. I think it was 10, 10 of the under 20 team the other night finished on the field for that interme- intermediate final against Michael. So, you know, they've got, a great, they've got a great amount of experience this year. And, like that team in particular. I don't think they ever won anything collectively uh, at a juvenile level. Um, they lost the semi-final to Clonmore and they never won any, anything else, you know. So for them, 
you know, it was it was a huge it was a huge win. Like to be able to sign off, you know, I think there's only two sorry, three lads I think who are in the final year of under twenty. But for them to actually, you know, win a championship, an underage championship, um, for the club is is it's really brilliant. It's it's kind of you'd be proud for them, you know. And was it difficult from a manager uh, perspective as well, knowing that the game was so soon to Christmas? Did you have to reaffirm to the players that they have to keep this Christmas celebrations almost to a minimum? <laughs> yeah, look, I suppose we kind of, uh, between the three of us, we kind of we decided we were going to go training on uh, the 27th. Um, so I suppose Tony Hoolan has helped us a little bit in these 8 o'clock closing times. It's not that nobody's <laughs> going to go too, too mad, I suppose. But uh, look, at, you know, Christmas rolls around once a year. It's, you can't you can't be telling lads you know not not to enjoy themselves like it's 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 a great time of year but I suppose to be mindful of and I suppose that's part of the the discipline we're trying to prepare these lads hopefully um, to go on and be you know senior footballers in their org and um, you know that's I suppose trying to give them the, an idea of what it takes kind of to get there and they did they were you know there was no one there was no one did the dog on it you know they were all very fresh they all went up and trained that day and um yeah, I suppose just the added thing I suppose was COVID. You were just you were you were more mindful of that nearly than you were of anything else. You just didn't want anyone getting sick, you know. But thankfully, we had two guys, um, Jake O'Reilly and Corey Connolly, who couldn't make it because of um, due due to due to COVID issues. But they, um, you know, was we would have really liked to have had them there. But uh, you know, other than that, we had a full compliment. Um, just talking about like kind of aerog, and you can hear your passion kind of emanating through the, the the phone there. But like what you're describing sounds like a very healthy position for aerog to be moving forward because you're seem to be continuing to produce these amazing, amazing players at such a high rate. Yeah, um, I suppose we are like look at you know we were unlucky this year. I suppose and we 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 kind of wanted to as as always you'd want to keep. Keep dominating, I suppose, and keep winning. And you know, we 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 didn't manage it with senior this year, so that was disappointing. But um, yeah, I suppose it's it's you know you have to be a little bit um, you know unselfish and think that you know it's all about the the next generation and the next cycle of players. You know, and these lads would help a guard in the next two three years, maybe even less. Like you know, like Shane Buggy, who was uh, captain of the training team, made his debut this year for the seniors. You know, and there's there's four or five others there who could definitely make their debut in the next. In the next year, you know, and that's I suppose that's the plan always is that you just need to keep bringing them forward. And yeah, I suppose we are in a healthy position, but you know, it can change. It can change very easily, and and you know, on a on a switch nearly. And you know, Rafferty obviously have good teams coming through there as well. And after winning senior this year, they look to build on that. You know, so I suppose you take it. You take it incrementally, don't you? You take it every year as, as much as you can. But um, you know, we've a great structure there, James. I've earned the chairman of the club has done an awful lot of work and. Um, it's really, it's it's really working, you know, the last few years in the club. And you you, you kind of touched upon it there uh, a few moments ago when you were discussing a philosophy within the club and maybe, you know, it's not necessarily, like it, it's passed down throughout the team, kind of set there by Joe, um, and it's the way the club want to play, considering that you're ingrained within that philosophy. Is there, and the senior position is currently up for grabs, is that something that you would be interested in going forward or...? Uh, no, Shane, I'm, uh, I, I had a bad year this year with uh, an injury there, so I'm, I'm actually hoping to get back playing football next year. Now, look, I suppose we'll play by ear, wait and see. Um, I'm in the middle of my rehab. I'm hoping to get back there. Um, I think it's for it's for people far more experienced and knowledgeable than I at uh, this current time, but uh, it's something, I, you know, um, I definitely, I'd, look, you wouldn't know, I've no crystal ball here now, but in the future, I, I'd, it'd be an honour really to, to, to get that kind of a gig. You know, hopefully... Um, Myself and Cormac and Sean can keep going, hopefully, and 
we'll, uh, we might we might be there someday. You wouldn't know. And, and uh, just with Joe, what do you think his natural progression is uh, now going forward? I know he says he wants to take some time or anything. He couldn't really see himself, I'd imagine, with any other club within Carlo Bar Air. Or what, what would you envision for him in the future? Um, I suppose. Look, that's that's. Uh, it's hard to know, really. I think you know Joe's probably you know he's up there with the best managers in uh, in the province, if not the country, really. You know, and he's uh, you know winning four championships in six years is no mean feat, you know. And to be supposed to lose, you know, the way we did um, this year, like you know, it was it was a very very slight margin. You know, we could have won the five in a row, which would have been huge. You got to a Leinster final in twenty nineteen. I don't know. I suppose look, he, he could look to inter county. Um, I know there's a lot of clubs that are uh, that are looking for him at the minute. Um, only Joe knows how many, you know, and he'll keep his cards close to his chest, he said, right. But, uh, no, look, if he said, I, I've heard he wants to take uh, time out, you know. He is a real, he's a real aerog man to the core, and, and you know, I, I wish him the best whenever he wants to do anyway in the future. We also spoke to two proud Aero Og men, former senior manager Joel Murphy and Richie Mahan, who led the under-20 side to victory on Wednesday night. Well, look, I mean, I was there, you know, I know I was interrupted with the COVID issues and that, but it was six years when I was there, and that's probably even, if it's not double, it's maybe triple the average uh, time that, that, that normally management stay in charge and that. So it's just a freshen everything up, like, at the end of the day. Um, I want to see our old do very well. Um, I am an old man, so it's just a case of maybe they needed a new voice now and maybe a new direction. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I think I put into it everything I had, so I think it was time maybe that uh, we both went our different directions. And was it a decision that was made, say, prior to the final or prior to even the campaign, or was it done on the back of, of that game against Rathvilly? Oh, definitely on the back of it, yeah. Um, you, you know, um, my mind was focused on that game completely, and, you know, the follow afterwards then is when you make a decision, so that's, you know, when I decided that. Yeah, and the direction was needed for all involved, I think. And, like, was was there any part of you then, obviously it was a difficult decision considering it was such a huge part of your life for such a substantial period, but is there any part of you that might regret kind of ending it on a loss, or was that kind of partially why then you've stepped down? Like, do you feel that if you ended it on, on a win and coming away with the five in a row, that you wouldn't have come to this decision? No, I can't say that. Um, you know, uh, I've... I felt pretty burnt out myself, to be honest with you. That's not trying to be dramatic or anything, but I, I just felt that, uh, you know, I, I w- we would have loved, obviously, to, to win five in a row, and, and, and Sergio's Rafael were absolutely excellent on the day and thoroughly deserved to win. Um, but, you know, I, I, I guess we were sort of hoping for a, another challenge in Leinster as well, and uh, when that didn't come about because of the loss against Rafael, that was very, very disappointing for everyone involved, and it just sort of that was maybe the final flicker for me, just to say, yeah, it's, it's time to move on now. And, and seeing then, like Pat Ryan said, you know, Rathvilly obviously uh, celebrated quite substantially after their win, and then had yeah. a quick turnaround time with Nave Martin. Uh, would yeah. you imagine if if the tables were reversed, you you wouldn't have maybe celebrated as much as they did, or or anything like that, to have that run at Leinster? Well, well first of all, I guess you can't blame Rathvilly for. You know, have, having a, a good celebration after that game, there would have been underdogs in the match. You know, they really dug deep and 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 and, and earned a victory in that. Uh, I think we may have been a little bit further down down the road in that. That um, 
you know, uh, okay, you know, it would have been five in a row. Uh, the guys were, uh, you know, used to sort of that, those initial wins. I think the first the first year that we we won um, on on the the trip of four there, and uh, we had a had a, a turnaround the following week against Mullinock as well, and, and probably we celebrated a little into too late into the week, and we got caught that day as well and caught badly. So I mean, you can understand it. I, I think a rogue probably wouldn't have, um, and again, that's taken nothing away from that silly, you can't blame it, but I, I, I think uh, our, our lads sort of had, uh, you know, they had done that, you know, so um, it, it was probably the next game, but it would have, even if we had uh, got over in that county final uh, to go up to RD and, and take on uh, the Loud Champions would have been a tough task, like you say, and a quick turnover, t- turnaround uh, of a week, so, um, you know, there's nothing guaranteed or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, that's just the way it, 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 it worked its way out. Yeah, the fixture uh, kind of congestion can be absolutely relentless. And speaking of relentless, you know, you were quite relentless in, in between 2017 to 2020, four consecutive county champions uh, championships. Like, how special of a time was that for, for you personally? And then uh, the, the kind of atmosphere that that helped create within the club? Yeah, well, I think it had a great knockdown effect. And that, that was, you know, my, my main focus on it that uh, when I started Railroad that we just started to improve things that you know there's more connect right through the club and all the teams in it and that and I think that was fulfilled um, you know to win the under 20 championship and intermediate championship this year in any club's uh, you know uh, history it's, it's a great year you know uh, unfortunately with the senior didn't materialise but yeah I'd look at I'm, you know I mean it's up for others to say but I just think Railroad was in a better place than that and it was a wonderful time you know it was there was uh, guys that hadn't even played it in the county, really good footballers that hadn't played in the county final uh, before 2016, before we, we took, took it up on that. And for them, uh, you know, put their name to four championships now, uh, must, they must be very proud for them and their families. And it's something that they can look back in their career and say, yeah, you know, that, that was a successful time we had there. And, and speaking of the under-20 footballers, we'll be talking to Richie Mahan uh, about that victory against Clonmore in the under-20 championship final. Just a, a huge victory, but it kind of just goes to show the type of culture that is there within the club. And I suppose at times you might have felt quite unbeatable, especially during that period. There was a real fear factor amongst what is usually a very competitive field in the Carlow Club Championship. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of maybe independent people sort of whistling Dixie about that, that. You know, a rover, you know, they could win seven, eight, nine in a row on that. But that's not the way it works out. I mean, it's back to the old, you know, any given Sunday. And if you just don't bring it, if you're just not right, if uh, you're not focused, anyone can beat you. So, you know, any any, any of the credits that the guys earned, like they worked extremely hard for. And uh, and they took the plaudits at the end of it. Like I said, it was a successful time. But at the end of the day, you know, it goes back to accountability uh, with all the players uh, within the group and that and they certainly had that and they worked extremely hard and they actually deserved you know everything that, every every bit of success and appreciation they got out of that time and, uh, like uh, looking back on getting to a Leinster final is huge for, for, for any club let alone the Carlow club and you know he included the semi-final defeat of Port Leash that was quite special Do you take a lot of sa- satisfaction in making the club not just dominant in Carlow but also one of the best within the province well, I mean, satisfaction is not the right word. I mean, you'd be very proud of them. Uh, we just fell short. And the initial reaction to that was of, of pure disappointment because I believe it's a game we should have won and maybe kicked on from there and that. Probably the break, and I know, like, I mean, there's been a lot of 
uh, tragedy and, and uh, upheaval around the COVID and the things like that in football, uh, they're into insignificance uh, uh, when you sort of uh, compare both. But, I mean, uh, we would really like to have another, you know, an, un- an uninterrupted year after that because I think we are just getting stronger at the time and, and, and we had that belief maybe of getting to, so close to win the Leinster that we were, you know, really sort of focused on having a real, you know, a real good crack at it again. But unfortunately, you know, it was dragged on and, and uh, you know, well, a, a year and a half later, the, you know, the club championship came back and that. So, I mean, that, that that's a little bit of a regret that we just didn't have that following year to, you know, to maybe show the experience that we, we, we gained and, and the belief that we gained that we could stand toe-to-toe with any club in, in Leinster and that. So, yeah, that that'd be a regret, a, a bit of a what if, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, I still think uh, it was a good period for the club, and uh, would very proud to any little part I played in it. And you know, as an old man, it makes me very proud. And speaking of having another crack at it, do you understand what your next kind of role is going to be? Uh, are you going to have another crack? Uh, as an Aerog man, I wouldn't imagine you're going to somewhere else, but we've seen it happen quite a bit. Are you going to be working with the underage team in the club in 2022? Look, I mean, uh, obviously, if anything, that the, the, the club want me to help them out in the system with, um, you know, I'll always consider that and give it top priority of consideration. Other than that, now I just think I'm going to relax for a while, maybe take a bit of time off, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just regroup and uh, you know get a few things sorted, um, and um, we'll see we'll see what uh, opportunities uh, come up or what challenges lay ahead in that. But at the moment, now uh, I'm, I'm yeah I'm just sitting back after relaxing over Christmas and that, and uh, we'll see what happens in the new year. Uh, can Kenny uh, need a football team if if you fancy managing that one? <laughs> Uh, I think they win too many things in Kilkenny already. Okay, it's the other court and that, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of better men than me that had a crack at football in Kilkenny that came up a bit short, so I'm not sure <laughs> if that's going to be a, uh, something that would we would be looking at either in Kilkenny or, or here. Well, Joe, whatever happens, we're looking forward to following your journey. You know, you've been very successful uh, from a playing perspective in, uh, in Leinster and, you know, just doing so well with their Rogue over the past few years and provided their fans and provided us here a scoreline with lots of uh, 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 great kind of moments and memories and uh, you've been very generous with your time over the years as well so whatever you do just take take your break and enjoy it and we're looking forward to seeing whatever the future holds Yeah, no, it was a, it was a really good win in fairness um, I think, look, like none of us none of us really foresaw that happen like we played Tom Moore three weeks previous to that game and um, they gave us they gave us a fair beat now they're the best by 10 points you know and I think it probably gave us a bit of an incentive like it provided a platform for us but he learned a lot from it I think maybe it was the occasion I don't know but Tom already didn't do themselves justice like they're a very very good good side you know and they're, they're a promising group of young lads and I'd imagine an awful lot of people in Tom Moore will be thinking that they will be you know the backbone of a team that will hopefully get them back to intermediate now in the next year or two you know yeah, it just if people didn't hear the result, it was nine nine to two points. Uh, nine goals is an incredible tally. Was that something that you spoke about as a team, just to go for the goals when they're when they're on rather than taking your points? I suppose we had um, we had we have we have a very good inside line. You know, we've uh, lads like you know Adam McCarran there, Ben Crotty, Ron and Quinlan, Anto Keaton. You've all these lads, I suppose, who are potent forwards and. We just kind of felt in the first 20 minutes there was a bit of space in there. We were kind of um, 
we had the option maybe to go for it. Like we kind of tell them to to play what they see in front of them, you know. And if it's on, it's on. We go for it. But um, you know, we kind of we got a couple of favourable decisions early on, and, and maybe maybe a bounce for ball. Um, like I think we got three penalties on the night, you know. Um, but it wasn't like they're they're just an awful lot of them are just very very potent forwards, and when they get that opportunity, they're they're ruthless enough, you know. And uh, would, would I probably a silly question, but would you classify that now as your best performance of the championship? Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, look, I, I was just talking to myself and Carl Mullins and Sean Gannon there. We were the management team and and we were just talking about the last couple of days and, like, you know, it's hard to think of a, of a more complete performance. You kind of, as a coach, you look for that, I suppose, the whole thing, don't you, to have 60 minutes of football where you don't really, you don't give up a quarter, you don't even give up a five or ten minutes spell. And they really did that, you know. Like, even in the second half, we went down to... We got two black cards. Like we went down to fourteen for the majority of the second half, um, and they still, you know, still kept going, still kept doing the basics, still sticking to the game plan. I was, it was really was a total performance. In fairness, yeah. And I know Cormac very well, and I can attest to the fact that he's a very clinical goal scorer, albeit in a in soccer circumstances. As uh, we played with <laughs> Castle Warren Celtic for years together, but uh, oh, you mentioned you, you mentioned uh, Sean Gannon there, um, you know, former Carlo or Carlo footballer. Like, how important has he been to yourself and the whole backroom team? Ah, like Sean brings a wealth of experience. You know what I mean? And he, um, like, I suppose we've 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 played, I've played football with him for you know the best part of. 14, 15 years, like, you know, and um, as I suppose the, the game's manager there in Carlo, like, you know, he's an awful lot of experience from a coaching point of view. Um, yeah, it's just, like, in fairness, I suppose the three of us worked very, very well together, like, you know, I, I myself and Cormac have been involved with the minors the last two years, and um, we've, we've taken together and we've won uh, minors the last two years, and, you know, we just when, when Sean came in, we just, the three of us worked very well together, we kind of think around the same things, whatever one of us maybe you know, lacks in the other one make up for that, you know, so we just kind of complemented each other fairly well, but yeah, as you said, sure, like, you know, captain for Carlo for years, captain there, Oak for, you know, four in a row championships, you know, he's, he's just one of those leaders, you know, he, he kind of, um, he, he, he drives, he drives people on and motivates them, you know. We were talking to Joe Murphy there earlier, and uh, you mentioned the four in a row, and this way I'm probably bringing it up, but, you know, has that really kind of, it obviously must have because you've seen the intermediate win as well this year. Like it's that winning culture, winning mentality is obviously trickling down to to the new generation. Yeah, I suppose um, it's it's a cliche that winning is a habit and things, you know. I suppose, but really, in fairness to Joe, he's, he's created, um, he's brought in a culture really into the club there in the last while, you know, where even say the likes of. Um, myself, Cormac, Sean, there's, and there's numerous others, like, you know, just on the top of my head, you can think of Paul McGilligan, uh, Darrell O'Brien, Chris Blake, all these, is Cahill Kelly, James Root, all involved in underage football as coaches, and, you know, it's a big difference, I suppose, for, for us to be able to bring whatever experience we have, and that culture, and we kind of, we bring it down to that level, and then I suppose it's, you know, I suppose you see it in, in, um, in soccer clubs, you know, where they have a, they, they have a, a, a style or whatever, they have a kind of a culture, and it go, it's all the way through the youth teams, the reserve teams, all the way. And I suppose that's kind of the way we try to run it in the club, really, you know. And um, it does trickle down, definitely. And that intermediate win was, was massive, you know. I think it was 10, 10 of the under 20 team the other night finished on the field for that interme- intermediate final against Michel. So, you know, they've got a great, they've got a great amount of experience this year. And, like that team in particular. I don't think they ever won anything collectively uh, ju- at a juvenile level. Um, they lost the semi-final to Clonmore 
and they never won any anything else, you know. So for them, you know, it was it was a huge it was a huge win, like to be able to sign off. You know, I think there's only two, sorry, three lads I think who were in the final year under twenty. But for them to actually, you know, win a championship, an underage championship, um, for the club is is it's really brilliant. It's, it's kind of you'd be proud for them, you know. And was it difficult from a manager's perspective as well, knowing that the game was so soon to Christmas? Did you have to reaffirm to the players that they have to keep this Christmas celebrations almost to a minimum? <laughs> yeah, look, I suppose we kind of, uh, between the three of us, we kind of we decided we were going to go training on uh, the 27th. Um, so I suppose Tony Hoolan has helped us a little bit in these 8 o'clock closing times. It's not that nobody's <laughs> going to go too, too mad, I suppose. But uh, look, at, you know, Christmas rolls around once a year. It's, you can't you can't be telling lads you know not not to enjoy themselves like it's 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 a great time of year but I suppose to be mindful of and I suppose that's part of the the discipline we're trying to prepare these lads hopefully um, to go on and be you know senior footballers in their org and um, you know that's I suppose trying to give them the, an idea of what it takes kind of to get there and they did they were you know there was no one there was no one did the dog on it you know they were all very fresh they all went up and trained that day and. Um, yeah, I suppose just the added thing I suppose was COVID. You were just you were you were more mindful of that nearly than you were of anything else. You just didn't want anyone getting sick, you know. But thankfully, we had two guys, um, Jake O'Reilly and Corey Connolly, who couldn't make it because of um, due due to due to COVID issues. But they, um, you know, was we would have really liked to have had them there. But uh, you know, other than that, we had a full compliment. Um, just talking about like kind of aerog, and you can hear your passion kind of emanating through the, the the phone there. But like what you're describing sounds like a very healthy position for aerog to be moving forward because you're seem to be continuing to produce these amazing, amazing players at such a high rate. Yeah, um, I suppose we are, like look at you know we were unlucky this year. I suppose and we 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 kind of wanted to as as always you'd want to keep. Keep dominating, I suppose, and keep winning. And you know, we 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 didn't manage with senior this year, so that was disappointing. But um, yeah, I suppose it's it's you know you have to be a little bit um, you know unselfish and think that you know it's all about the the next generation and the next cycle of players. You know, and these lads would help a guard in the next two three years, maybe even less. Like you know, like Shane Buggy, who was uh, captain of the training team, made his debut this year for seniors. You know, and there's there's four or five others there who could definitely make their debut in the next. In the next year, you know, and that's I suppose that's the plan always is that you just need to keep bringing them forward. And yeah, I suppose we are in a healthy position, but you know, it can change. It can change very easily, and and you know, on a on a switch nearly. And um, you know, Rafferty obviously have good teams coming through there as well. And after winning senior this year, they look to build on that. You know, so I suppose you take it. You take it incrementally, don't you? You take it every year as, as much as you can. But um, you know, we've a great structure there, James. Of the chairman and the club has done an awful lot of work and. Um, it's really, it's it's really working, you know, the last few years in the club. And you you, you kind of touched upon it there uh, a few moments ago when you were discussing a philosophy within the club and maybe, you know, it's not necessarily, like it, it's passed down throughout the team, kind of set there by Joe, um, and it's the way the club want to play, considering that you're ingrained within that philosophy. Is there, and the senior position is currently up for grabs, is that something that you would be interested in going forward or...? Uh, no, Shane, I'm, uh, I I had a bad year this year with uh, an injury there, so I'm, I'm actually hoping to get back playing football next year. Now, look, I suppose we'll play by ear, wait and see. Um, I'm in the middle of my rehab. I'm hoping to get back there. Um, I think it's for it's for people far more experienced and knowledgeable than I at uh, this current time, but uh, it's something, I, you know, um, I definitely, I'd look, you wouldn't know, I've no crystal ball here now, but in the future, I, I'd, it'd be an honour really to, to, to get that kind of a gig. You know, hopefully... Um, 
myself and Cormac and Sean can keep going hopefully and we'll, uh, we, might, we might be there someday you wouldn't know and, and uh, just with Joe what do you think his natural progression is uh, now going forward I know he says he wants to take some time or anything he couldn't really see himself I'd imagine with any other club within Carlo bar Aero what, what would you envision for him in the future um, I suppose look that's that's uh, it's hard to know, really. I think you know Joe's probably you know he's up there with the best managers in uh, in the province, if not the country, really. You know, and he's uh, you know winning four championships in six years is no mean feat, you know. And to be supposed to lose, you know, the way we did um, this year, like you know, it was it was a very very slight margin. You know, we could have won the five in a row, which would have been huge. You got to a Leinster final in twenty nineteen. I don't know. I suppose look, he, he could look to inter county. Um, I know there's a lot of clubs that are uh, that are looking for him at the minute. Um, only Joe knows how many, and only keep his cards close to his chest. He said, "Right, but uh, no, look, if he says I, I've heard he's wants to take uh, time out, you know, but he is a real, he's a real Aerog man to the core, and then you know, I, I wish him the best in whatever he wants to do anyway in the future." Next up, we have Ollie Brennan of Collection FC, who tells us of his pride after being awarded the UEFA C coaching diploma. Yeah, no, thanks very much. Um, busy year last year, you know what I mean? Early on, early on in the year, obviously, we were working towards the um, the Club Mark Award. And um, when we when we were awarded that back in March, I uh, kind of set my sights on, um, on, on getting back into the coach education journey because uh, I hadn't been on it for a couple of years. I was kind of sitting on my D licence for about three years. Um, and I suppose the FAI, after the pandemic, they were, you know, last summer, I suppose, they kicked off on all the courses again, really again, didn't they? So... Yeah, got into the UEFA Leaders Award. Uh, I was lucky enough to get onto the first run, uh, sorry, the first running of that course. And then, um, once I completed the UEFA Leaders Award, um, I went on to the UEFA C license later on in the summer. I think I started that back in August. So, yeah, it was, it was great to be back on them. You know, they're, they're, I, I really enjoy doing them because, you know what I mean? Every time you do one of these courses, you, you, you pick up a couple of little nuggets, you know what I mean? And, so the more you do that, the, you know, the more you can improve as a coach. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, you're obviously going to be learning new things every time and different training styles, and you start off on a, a very schoolboy level and you work your way up. So is this, like, you're fully ingrained within a, a kind of a football for adults and stuff at this stage, yeah? Well, getting there, getting there, I, I think with the C licence, really, what I'd be more gauged toward would probably be 13 to 16, 17-year-olds. You know what I mean, um, and 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 working with that age group, um, I think, uh, yeah, I think you're you're 100 right. Like, I mean, f- f- from my point of view, I I see those courses as a as an opportunity to pick up new things, see other coaches, coaches, coaching, picking things up from them, and then bringing them back to my sessions. Whatever little nuggets you pick up, bring them back to the sessions and try and improve your own sessions. And I think as a coach, you kind of you, you you always have to do that. You always have to be looking at ways of of how you can improve your sessions, you know, um, uh, how you can improve as, as a coach and, and continue to, to, to reflect on what you're doing and, and see where, where, where can you find room for improvement. Especially, like, if you're managing at such a, a crucial age of development, as you mentioned, 13 to 17-year-olds, to have that kind of UEFA coaching licence in your back pocket not only speaks dividends for yourself, but also for the club. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm not the only one in the club with 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 that level of coaching. Um, Gary Walsh is another uh, another coach in our club. Gary Gary was on the C license earlier on in the summer, so 
when I when I was on the UEFA Leaders Award, Gary was doing the the, the sea license, and 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 uh, Gary uh, achieved that that award as well um, in December. So um, I suppose from the club's point of view, uh, if we can um, educate our coaches, if we can help the coaches progress along the coaching pathway that the FAI has set out in conjunction with UEFA, um, better coaches in the club, better training sessions. Um, you know what I mean? Develops better players, uh, which obviously is 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 good for the club as a whole, but but not just for the club, but for for Carlos Soccer as well. Do you know what I mean? As as a club, if if we can if we can produce players who can go play in a Kennedy Cup team or who can maybe uh, progress onto a League of Ireland set up, um, all the better. Like do you know. Yeah, certainly. Um, in terms of the the financial aspects of it, it it can be proved to be quite costly as well to to kind of devote yourself to coaching uh, starting from a kickstart level then all the way up so have you found it financially has it kind of eased a bit with COVID and that they're trying to get more coaches on or is this still quite uh, it can be quite burdensome when it comes to having to pay for these courses well I think I think some of the like when, when you're getting into the UEFA courses like the, the UFSC course I think I think it's priced at um, 500 euros um, and when you when you uh, when you log on, or sorry, when you uh, sign up to one of the the UEFA courses, the FAI have uh, a new learning management system. Uh, it's 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 a system that they run in conjunction with Avenir Sports, and um, it, they ask you to sign up and register that. So that, that's a ninety five euro per year um, uh, cost. But they they're using the learning management system then, obviously, to to deliver their. Um, their UEFA uh, coaching courses and any assignments that you would you would have to complete as part of the course would would uh, would have to be uploaded through the learning management system and you know they'll provide CPD courses through the learning management system as well so yeah there is there is a there is a, a cost um, at that level when you're getting to the UEFA level but the the, the, the kickstarts ones or the PDP ones twos and threes they're reasonably reasonably enough cost and I think they're about forty five to to 60 euros um, each do you know what I mean and the workshops that you can do there tend to be about 25 euros so they're not they're not uh, overly expensive but um, like I mean the club the club aim to help out any coaches who want to who want to progress along the ladder do you know what I mean if if, if coaches want to undertake cor- courses the club will obviously uh, assist in that because if, if we can get more volunteers into the club who, who want to coach and who want to develop themselves as coaches we'll, we'll assist them in uh, along along that pathway you know and speaking of the club like yourself personally obviously and a few other people within the club but the club in general have been very proactive with uh, collection being awarded the, the FAI club Mac recently of course how important is it as a club to constantly be striving to improve and constantly be claiming awards and dif- different certificates I, I think I think you have to you have to you have to strive to comp- to improve yourself um, continually. Do you know what I mean? No matter what you do, you, you always want to try and, and and be better at what you do. You know, you you can't really afford to stand still because you'll be left behind. Um, I did the, the the club mark award was, you know what I mean? It was it was a great achievement for the club. Um, we we obviously we're working working towards the next uh, step now. Uh, probably leave that until next year. Um, but to try and progress on to the to the one star award, um, no, it's it's development. Like I mean, the facilities at the club, as we spoke before, they're they're developing at the minute. We're you know what I mean. Our our clubhouse, hopefully in in the new year now, will be uh, near completion shortly. It's 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 not too far away. 
um, and the pitches that the guys have, you know what I mean, that, that the community have uh, have assisted in developing over the last couple of years are, are top quality. So, like, I mean, uh, the next thing to do is to start developing players and, and, and to try and improve our teams across the board, not only juvenile, but uh, our our men's teams as well. And I think, I think this season our, our men's teams and our under-17s and under-19s have performed reasonably well. All, all three teams, the 17s, the 19s and the men's teams, they're all third in their respective divisions the under 19s are in the third round of the LFA uh, under 19 cup and they'll be travelling up to Malahide at the end of the month to play to play Malahide in that in, in that competition and hopefully we can get a result and, and, and continue to, uh, to to have a good run in that competition you know and, and speaking of continuing now what's uh, next on the horizon for yourself do you just go on and try and claim an next certificate you mentioned that it was a gap between uh, about three years obviously COVID induced gap uh, in retrospect but uh, what, what's the next step for you now Ollie? Um, over the next couple of years I'm just going to concentrate on the level that I'm at um, like the, the UFSC licence I suppose um, there were there were things that were introduced um, at the D licence level that I that I didn't fully take on board but when I went in to do the C licence um, you know the, the, the things like the coaching process and and how to uh, design and and deliver your, your 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 coaching sessions that became more clear to me and I suppose I want to spend the next couple of years working on that and getting that nailed down and and getting to a point where um, I'm, I'm comfortable with with the coaching process and I'm comfortable with analysing games and, and players performances um, and, and looking at that and trying Try and take from that and 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 design uh, training sessions based on that and 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 work with that. Um, so I think for now I'll just at the level I'm at, like I mean with the the, the C license and the UEFA Leaders Award, um, I'll just work on them for the next couple of years and and we'll see then in a couple of years down the road. Do you know where where we're going to go? But, and have the have the actual kind of like coaching methods or, or everyone has their own type of method or anything or ha- has there been any from a UEFA perspective a bit more maybe spotlight on the likes of uh, uh, mental health as has happened in the past few years or is it all kind of practical stuff that you, you deal with within uh, getting the certificates and different licences? Uh, no, there is there is an element. You know what I mean. We we talk about a player centred, uh, a player centred uh, approach. Do you know what I mean? Where you put the welfare of the player at the centre. Um, and yeah, obviously uh, you want to develop you want to develop competent soccer players, but you also want to help. You know what I mean? Young people develop uh, as young people. Do you know what I mean? And 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 um, that's that's part of the whole process. Um, that it's not just about the football. It's it's about developing people as well. You know. So yes, there is there is elements of that in it, and it's something you need to be um, you need to be aware of as well when you're when you're out there on the pitch with with the kids, you know. Yeah, because like everybody, everybody's different, you know. People react to things in different ways and stuff. So it's encouraging to hear that there's different types of uh, methods that are being there. Um, is there kind of anybody? Can any? Do you have to be registered with a club now to start your Kickstarter? Can anybody just get involved? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think you know. Um, Obviously, if you want to go down the coaching the coaching route, um, being involved with a club obviously would help because you know what I mean. If if you want to be a coach, it's like Anthony, you have to practice at it, um, and the more you coach, the better you want to get at it. Um, the more you obviously observe other coaches as well, you, you'll pick up you'll pick up different things that you can add to your game as well as a coach. Um, so no, I, I wouldn't say so. But like I mean, you know, there's 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 clubs out there constantly looking for 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 volunteers and. Um, 
I know we're we're looking for volunteers. We're always looking for people to come and come on board and and help out with teams. And do you know what I mean? The more people, the more people you you have involved with with the club and and um, with with teams, the easier the easier it is for everybody. Really, really, do you know what I mean? And then those people who want to progress as coaches will 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 naturally come come forward and and do you know what I mean? They'll they'll um, they'll take that journey themselves. You know, and and the club is there to to help them and assist. Uh, anywhere, anywhere that we can, you know. Um, just one other thing: the, the UEFA Leaders Award is it's kind of it's it's a very interesting um, course. It, it 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 was a three day course, and um, afterwards we had quite a few assignments. I think there were six assignments that we had to do, and they were more so about you know uh, developing um, uh, the curriculums for for the club. Uh, um, you know, a curriculum for. Um, uh, coaching basically uh and 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 uh, i suppose developing an understanding and awareness of of the different um characteristics of of players at different age groups so that if if you're coaching seven and eight year olds that you're not trying to you're not trying to coach them how to to attack down the wing or something like that that you really you're just focusing on the basic basics of the game and and making sure that the they, the, the kids are are developing their ball mastery skills um and and basic things like you know and i suppose after doing the UEFA Leaders Award, something that I'd hope to do over the next next year or so is that at the club that um, we start uh, all those coaches that are interested, we, we we start providing additional education for them and support um, that they can develop themselves as coaches. Because as, as, as I was saying earlier on, better coaches will 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 result in better players being developed. Uh, certainly, and and just before we go to our ad break, Ollie, um, an interesting topic that was brought up since you were talking about kind of the the the, the growing of, of Carlo soccer. Um, Bray and Cavantili recently merged, which opened up a gap within the first division for a possible club. And we know that the FAI have touted maybe a possible third uh, division coming into the. Uh, the kind of infrastructure of the electricity league and stuff. Um, Carlo Kilkenny FC, they've been striving for quite some time and I've seen some calls online. Would you like to see that happen at some stage? See Carlo Kilkenny play in a third division? Uh, either I in, like, so. in, in uh, from a, like a senior perspective and in the women's national yeah. league just to earn a place ab- within. Ab- absolutely, because because it'll, it'll, provide, it'll provide players, do you know what I mean, those p- players locally who are good enough, it'll provide them with a, with, with a, with a pathway to play as at, 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 at as high a level as they possibly can, you know. And if if there's a club, if there's a club like that in our locality, it's um it it will give the the kids the opportunity. It'll give them something to aim for as well, you know. So I I think it it, it would be a good thing, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and would there be any space now that you're with the thirteen to seventy year old bracket with your UFC license that you could be uh, doing some work with Carlo Kilkenny FC if you're not already? Uh, I'm not at the moment. Uh, I'm involved with the with the with the Carlo Academy, so uh, I'm involved with this year's Kennedy Cup squad, and we're preparing now for the Kennedy Cup uh, in June. So uh, we have some we have some friendlies coming up over the next couple of weeks, and um, we continue to prepare that team for for the Kennedy Cup, and hopefully we can have a good run in that competition this year. Well, Ollie, it's great getting to hear from you. Congratulations as well, uh, once again, on the UFSC Coaching Diploma and Grassroots Leader Cert. Uh, it's just fascinating to see everything that's going on out in collection. We wish you best for the rest of the season. Thanks very much, Shane, and uh, Happy New Year to everybody and to all your listeners. That's all for this week's edition of Scoreline Extra. You can read these stories and more across the week on scoreline.ie and of course you can catch the live show every Saturday and Sunday from 2pm. We'll chat to you then.